Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Locked On's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game team and move around the NFL gets your get your picks previews and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast part of the locked on podcast network subscribe wherever you get your podcast I am James Yarko joined as always by David Harrison you can find everything that we are doing over at bucksnation.com make sure you follow along on Twitter at locked on bucks at jarko underscore bucks at d Harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation would like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners if you are new to the show please make sure you subscribe and leave a review five-star reviews do help other buccaneers fans find us joining us now is a good friend of the show and someone you are all very familiar with he is the senior writer and editor of buccaneers.com lover of st louis style pizza and he is awaiting (laughs) his second super bowl ring ladies and gentlemen scott smith scott how you doing I'm doing good. Now I'm craving St. Louis style pizza. Emos to be exact. <laughs> Thanks for that. My pleasure. <laughs> that's a that's a great way to kick off uh, your your latest appearance. And Scott, it's it's been a while since we got to talk. And I can't forget the last time you were on the show pre Super Bowl, and we were talking about everything that these games mean and, and kind of to be in that situation. Uh, you mentioned how your wife and your son were both at the last Super Bowl because your wife was pregnant with your son <laughs> at the time, and how uh, how emotional the connection that is, and then tying it all in here all these years later and you're and that same son is getting ready to, to graduate high school you just told us some really good news about his future that i'm not going to share because it's your personal information tie it all together like you know you you literally have a generation now of smiths between super bowl wins but you've all been there as a family uh to witness the the great achievements of this franchise how much did that mean to you take us back to that night and just the celebration that your family you know probably had afterwards yeah like you said um Alex was in attendance for Super Bowl 37 because he was uh, in the womb at the time. <laughs> so, and then they both got to go to uh, this Super Bowl 55 thanks to the generosity of the Glazers who gave all the staff tickets. And uh, I, I can't imagine there's too many people who were fans in the stands for both Super Bowls. There's, I'm sure there's dozens, but not that many. So um, that's a cool experience. And yeah, I mean, that shows you how long it takes, you know, and my, my son was born and grew up and then, by the time we won another Super Bowl. So he's headed off to Georgia Tech to study physics. Uh, he's a smart kid, and um, he'll be a Bucks fan for life, though. Every single Super Bowl starter returning is just an amazing feat, especially in the era of free agency. And that turns me now, right now, to Shaquille Barrett. I think Shaq was kind of the guy that we're all most worried about. They said if there's one guy that's going to leave this roster, it might just be Shaq because of how much money he potentially could have made. Do you feel like... It was just 100%. Shaq just wanted to be here because, you I mean, you heard it. Or do you think a little bit of it was the market because there's a little bit less money out there? So if you're going to not get paid as much necessarily as most years, why not stay with the team that you can win it with? Yeah, I think you kind of encapsulated all of it there. Um, the funny thing is I've been writing some stuff recently uh, for other projects, looking back at the t- 2000, the 2020 offseason and at the time how st- you know, amazed we were that in, in addition to getting Tom Brady, 
Jason Light and company were able to keep that defensive front intact. Because remember, it was Barrett and Pierre, Paul, and Sue, and they didn't think that either plan A or plan 1A or plan 1B was worthwhile unless you got them both done. And so, yeah, we want to get Tom Brady, but it's not worth it if we don't keep this front together. So that's a big storyline from last year. And who knows how this 2021 season will, will play out, but it sort of pales in comparison to the free agency work this year. 24 players the day after the Super Bowl were potential unrestricted free agents. And the Bucks have re-signed at this point, I think 15 of them, um, maybe Antonio Brown to be 16. That's incredible. Uh, but yeah, the Shaq one, I agree with you. He was the one I would be most worried about losing because I figured the the tag was going on uh, Chris Godwin, which means you couldn't tag Shaq, obviously. And edge rushers that just had 19.5 sacks don't hit the um, – I'm sorry, that was two years ago, but that had over the previous two years had about 27 sacks just don't hit free agency very often. And I think it's a little bit of both. He clearly made it clear that if things were at least close to equal, he would like to stay in Tampa. Uh, he's been saying that all along. And and I do think he kind of could have got a little bit more out there, but maybe there wasn't that giant mega contract that you might have had in some seasons, you know, when the salary cap wasn't depressed. So it could just be another situation of it, you know, since the beginning of the 2020 offseason, it seems like the Buccaneers have been very fortunate uh, many, many times in many different ways. And I think this is just another one of them. More with Buccaneers.com. Scott Smith coming up here in just a minute, but we have to tell you about some friends of ours, not friends of his, friends of ours. And that is betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing while the NBA and NHL are about to start their postseason. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON, all one word, L O C K E D O N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Jarko joined by Scott Smith, senior writer and editor over at Buccaneers.com. Jason Light was talking about it on Rich Eisen's show, saying that if he had known that this hadn't happened since like 1977 or 78, whatever it was, he would have felt a lot more pressure uh, about bringing everybody back. But then there's there's the one outside free agent that, that we've seen come in, in Giovanni Bernard. How do you see Gio kind of fitting into the offense? Yeah, I'll get to that. It's funny, though, that thing you just said that Jason said on the radio, he said the same thing to me when I interviewed him right before uh, the draft started uh, last week. And he said if he'd have known when he was saying those things, as, as Bruce Arians was saying those things, if he'd have known – how long it had been such he probably wouldn't have been confident enough to say that he's like i didn't realize how high i was setting the bar so i thought that was really funny <laughs> as for uh, bernard um i like the signing a lot because he's obviously a very good pass catching back so he could be a james white type for for tom brady but it, it's just if you're asking me to tell you how they're gonna 
divvy up the roles in that backfield right now? I'm not going to lie. I don't really know. It, it, it seems, it seems a little hard to figure out because like you said, if, if you just figure him as a one for one replacement for LaShawn McCoy, then that means he wouldn't be playing very much because especially after the first three or four weeks, LaShawn basically was not a part of the offense. And so, uh, you know, I think it's, we're going to have to see, we're going to find out, is it worthwhile? Is he that much better of a pass catcher than everybody else that they could have in there that you carve out a significant role for him? And I think that's a possibility, but it's already hard to figure out after Leonard Fournette's late season and postseason emergence, if, it's going to be, you know, how is how are you going to split the carries between him and Ronald Jones, given that Ronald Jones for the majority of the season was clearly the favored back. And, you know, I don't even know the answer to that yet. So to figure out how Giovanni Bernard and, oh, by the way, we still have Keyshawn Vaughn, who, like you said, didn't get a lot of ch- chances. But, you know, it showed on a couple occasions that it might be worth seeing a little bit more of them. I, I guess it's a good problem to have, but I have a hard time figuring out how they're going to div- divvy up the the targets and the snaps and the handoffs with those four. Uh, the team has lost some players, though. Nothing, nobody that has really significantly kind of charged the fan base and, and the media. Uh, but Andrew Adams, Anthony Auclair, Joe Haig, and Ryan Smith, which you mentioned in your column that you published after Blaine Gabbert's uh, signing went official. And then, of course, A.Q. Shipley, who retired and is now part of the coaching staff. Again, nobody really kind of said, oh, man, I can't believe we lost that guy. That sucks. Da, da, da. But is there a player among them, you know, Adams, Auclair, Haig, and Smith, that you might think is, an, is a little bit of an underrated loss? that maybe means a little bit more than people are reacting to on the surface. No, I, I really don't. I, if I had to choose one, I'd take Ryan Smith because he clearly is such a good special teams player, but um, he, he's your fifth cornerback. And I think it's been kind of demonstrated through the years that, that they're not particularly interested in putting him on the field in defense. And so, you know, maybe if, if the replacement for him is Herb Miller, it looks like at the moment, uh, or Chris Wilcox, one of those two, or maybe both, um, you might have a guy that could conceivably play more on defense that you could rely on if you have a couple injuries. Uh, and, and if one of those two or somebody else from maybe one of our new linebackers, Grant Stewart or somebody becomes a special teams ace, you've kind of replaced that as it were. Um, Anthony O'Claire really wasn't getting a lot of playing time as it was uh, because of Rob Gronkowski. And you really, you really aren't normally pairing him with another big blocking tight end. Um, Joe Haig was great as, uh, an, you know, your fourth tackle, but I think with Hainsey being drafted, you're fine there. And Andrew Adams, uh, I think they kind of maybe like Javon Haig a little bit, but we signed a couple guys. Raven Green, I, it's not a big signing. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it, but he played pretty well in Green Bay when he played last year. Uh, if he can stay healthy and keep on the field, he could easily be your fourth or fifth safety. So, I don't think the Buccaneers have lost anything. No offense to any of those players, and I hope they're seeking better opportunities to play more elsewhere. But no, there's none that really bothers me that much. All these guys that appear to have probably taken less than what their market value truly was. What does it say about the kind of the chemistry and and the brotherhood of this football team that they're all wanting to be here and they're all wanting to come back and do what they can in this window that that Tom Brady really provides the Bucks. Yeah, I wonder if all the the talk at at say the boat parade and weeks after had an effect because if you're one of 24 guys and you don't believe that the Bucks are going to be able to bring most of you back then maybe you start looking around. Uh you know, I mean, any one of those guys could have been like, well, they're never going to be able to re-sign me if they're re-signing Godwin and Barrett and Levante David and, and could have bolted. 
Um, you know, a couple more special situations. Like I don't think Rob Gronkowski was going to play anywhere else, but a guy like Leonard Fournette certainly could have gone somewhere else. And I think maybe we don't know the communication behind the scenes, not only between the team and these guys, but between Tom Brady and these guys, um, you know, trying to rally the troops to stay together. But I, I, I imagine there was some of that and there was just some of the, it was a bit of a, a steamroller maybe or a snowballing effect when pretty early on the Buccaneers realized they were keeping Chris Godwin. They got Levante David signed before there was an issue and they got Shaq Barrett re-signed. So maybe seeing all that, everybody started to believe that they were going to stick to what they were saying at that boat parade. And they really were going to be able to find a way to make it happen. But it's still incredible that it did. Yeah, it, it really is, Scott. And then, of course, all of that leads into uh, the NFL draft. And, and Bruce and Jason talked about it several times leading up to the actual weekend itself and talking about how they're in a very unique situation. And no matter what you do when you come out of the NFL draft, you've got a Super Bowl caliber roster. Um, but Joe Tryon ends up being the pick. Expect edge defensive line, or did you kind of go in with it? Uh, with the attitude that Jason and Bruce have kind of been given everybody, which is anything can happen. Yeah, you know, those, I don't remember even who I picked. It might have been Owens Rike in my first mock draft way back in April. But you know when you're doing those mock drafts, I mean, not April, February. You know when you're doing those mock drafts in February that there's no chance, unless just sheer luck, that you're right. Um, because there's just going to be so much information that comes out in the next couple months. And and for me, I didn't get it, um, but I did have in my last two mock drafts, I was taking an edge defender, Jason Oway, who went – uh, one pick, I think, before us. That doesn't mean that he was the guy we wanted, but I did think that that position made the most sense just because it looked like there would be a handful of those guys available at the end of the round. And, and in fact, that's what happened. There was a little three-man run there of edge rushers to finish up the first round. Listen, guys, I, I think that I know a lot about the Buccaneers, and I have been there for a long time, but I'm not trying to claim that I'm a college football scout. So I don't, I, you know, I read what I read about these guys. I'm not spending hours in a vault crunching film. So if our guys liked Joe Tryon as the best guy that they could get there, and I do believe they liked him more than the ones that went before him. And I do think they liked Levi and Zariki very much as well. Um, I, you know, if they, if that's the guy they wanted there, then, then I trust them. Essentially the draft results from the last say four years have been, pretty remarkably good. So I think they they're good at identifying the right talent. It's, it's a crapshoot as Jason light himself will tell you every single time he does an interview about a draft, basically any guy in the first round is a 50, 50 shot, no matter where you get him. He understands that, but I think their track record lately has been pretty good. And, you know, I thought they would take an edge rusher in the first round. I wrote an article at the beginning on Friday stating some guys that they could possibly take at the end of the second round. One of the most Kyle Trask. I think that was a great idea. Um, you know, the Buccaneers didn't have to hit needs, but I still think even when you are in, not many teams have been in the situa situation they've been in, in terms of really not having to worry about any needs and going best player available. But I don't think anybody in that room ever is completely best player available. I think there are positions that they would like to hit if possible. And unless one guy that they don't really need is way out of bounds on their board ahead of everybody else. They're still going to factor in need a little bit. And as good as Jason Pierre, Paul and Shaq Barrett are, and as promising as Anthony Nelson could be, you could really use some help in their rotation. So I thought edge rusher was the best choice and it came to pass. One more segment to go here on the Locked on Bucks podcast with Scott Smith joining myself, David Harrison and James Yarko brought to you today 
by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is impossible for the guy at your chain storefront to carry all the parts you would possibly ever need. And even if they do have the parts, you're going to get the ones that their warehouse just happens to carry. Furthermore, they're not going to give you the buddy price. They're going to give you the do-it-yourselfer price when they give the other guys, the professional mechanics, different prices than you do because they price on tiers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast joint by Buccaneers.com's Scott Smith. You mentioned Kyle Trask, and that's exactly who I wanted to talk about next because if you go by Buccaneers social media, uh, that was probably the most controversial pick. There were quite a few people that were really excited about it, excited about the potential, his ability to sit back, learn, kind of, you know, pick Tom Brady's brain a little bit and and become a better quarterback. And then there was a faction that, of course, this was a terrible pick. It doesn't make any sense. There's no upside. Why aren't you getting, you know, players that can help right now? And it's impossible to explain to some people that they have all the players they need to help right now. <laughs> and they just addressed one more, you know, on Thursday night with Joe Tryon. Have you been able to watch much of of Kyle Trask? I mean, I know you just said you're you're not a scout. You don't sit there and and just go through hours and hours of film. But you know, when I got the opportunity to sit down and watch him, I liked a lot of what I saw, and I, I saw there's some development that needs to be had there, and and obviously that's what they're going to work on. But what did you think of the selection of Kyle Trask? Did did you get to watch him play much? I mean, yeah, I watched some uh, highlights or, or some film. Um, I like it because. I don't think that the Buccaneers know that Kyle Trask is, is definitely going to be the successor to Tom Brady, but they were in a unique position where they could afford to use a late second round pick on what could possibly be that. And yeah, you, after drafting Joe Tryon, I, I challenge you to tell me what the next biggest need on the depth chart was. I guess it was probably depth at inside linebacker and they managed to hit that a little bit later as well. I don't understand why you would be upset about that pick in this particular situation because you you have the opportunity to roll the dice a little bit on a guy that showed some traits that you like you said needs some development be, because he really hasn't had he's had to wait an awful long time to get his shots so his experience is not deep but you see a guy that's got the necessary arm the Bucks say he can make every throw that they need him to make and he had good accuracy I you know he's not a mobile guy but I mean the Buccaneers are thriving with very much a guy that doesn't move around at all, hardly in Tom Brady. So he fits what they've already been doing. And to me, it just makes sense. I mean, I don't know if Kyle Trask is the best one, but the Buccaneers definitely got the one they wanted because they picked him before Kellen Mann and Davis Mills. And to me, it's just decent value at this point. The the Bucs have tried very infrequently to pick up a quarterback that could be worth something on day two, which whether or not it was day two at the time, second and third round picks, Chris Sims, Sean King, uh, Mike Glennon, all those guys, you know, at least stuck around in the NFL for a decent amount of time. I don't think any of them became superstars or 
quarterbacks long term, but it's still to me worth the try. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you you said that because that's basically the sentiment that we've been trying to give to our listeners, at least who our listeners don't seem to be as upset as the general Buccaneers fan base. Uh, so I'm glad that you that we all see eye to eye on that. And then, of course, Scott, after the draft, now the, the roll up has all been about. Uh, well, one, you know, how the NFL is going to work, you know, some of these camp situations and everything. I'm not going to ask you to comment on that unless you really want to get into it. But then the schedule release, uh, which as people are listening to this, if they're listening on release day is tomorrow on Wednesday. A lot of speculation going on. You know, again, the Buccaneers have not been in this position very often uh, during our lifetimes. So a lot of questions about who are the Buccaneers going to open the season against because that has become the tradition in the National Football League is for the Super Bowl champs to start off the season on Thursday night. Yesterday, we actually went over this, Scott. James picked the Saints to visit Raymond James Day to open the season. I picked the Bills. I know you wrote up a column for Buccaneers.com that was was very uh, entertaining and, and, and informational um, for, for exactly for what it was. And I know you mentioned the Bills, the Saints, and also the Bears as potential fits because of some historic stuff that you laid out there. Uh, so all of our, our listeners should definitely read that if they haven't already. So between our two picks, basically we're asking you to give one of us bragging rights would you would you think it's going to be the Bills or the Saints? Yeah, I'd have to give it to you because I think it's going to be the Bills. Um, like you said, I, I wrote that article today, and basically my my train of thought was um, 2014 was when they started the kickoff game on Thursday. Prior to that, the tradition it was a little looser, but the tradition was more that these defending Super Bowl champs got a home Monday night game in Week One. Uh, the Buccaneers got robbed of that after their first Super Bowl because uh, Philadelphia was on the schedule. So, you know, a rematch of the NFC championship game was juicy and it was the opening of Lincoln, Lincoln financial field. So those two things were so compelling to the NFL that they made the Super Bowl champs go on the road, which I quite vividly remember John Gruden being very unhappy about as were most of us. Um, in 2004, they started the Thursday night kickoff game. And in the 17 season since, it has been largely you're at home, the Super Bowl champs are at home, and they're trying to match them up with a playoff team from the previous year. There's only been a couple exceptions. They did uh, Chicago at Green Bay, or actually, I think Green Bay at Chicago a couple of years ago to celebrate the 100th year anniversary. Uh, there was a Dallas and uh, who had won the giants i think giants in dallas because it's giants in dallas even though dallas hadn't been a super a playoff team the year before but for the most part it looks like they're trying to find a playoff team from the previous year to put in that game against the buccaneers and they would have loved it if the bucks were playing kansas city or green bay i think that would have been the obvious choice if it was either of those two teams but they're not on the schedule but the bills are and they're a very, very good team. And you have the storylines there with the young ascending quarterback against um, Tom Brady, obviously. And you, I know that they don't commonly go interconference in these games. It's it's only been a couple times, but you do have Tom Brady with the long history against the Bills. I think he's 32 and three as a starter against them. And, and so I think that crosses the boundary. I honestly would go my second choice now and i debated on this and decided not to put it in there but the more i read about it i think the dallas cowboys is a possibility even though they weren't a playoff team because a it's dallas and b it's dak and so i could see that uh, i still would go down on the buffalo side but i think before even new orleans and i was really stretching it to put chicago on there it's just that those were the three playoff teams from last year that were options when you're talking about an interconference opponent in week one 
yeah, both those teams probably will be in the races, but you're not sure at that point. I think it's a little riskier to put Bucks Bills on primetime late in the season than it is Bucks Saints. But I will say that's another reason why I'm thinking maybe it's not Bucks Dallas, although it could be, because that seems like an obvious, you know, November, early December primetime game to me. Yeah, and of course there have been rumors and rumblings of Buccaneers Patriots on Thanksgiving night. I don't Ooh. know if I'm a fan of that. I am. Can I just say that the Buccaneers <laughs> fans, right? Well, the Buccaneers, I mean, to to the extent that you're not going to publicly say it because obviously they're competitors, but I mean, Buccaneers fans should be giving thanks for the New England Patriots because uh, something that I actually kind of stumbled upon as I was researching some other writing that I was doing. So obviously Tom Brady came from the Patriots. Now the Pats didn't send Tom Brady to Tampa, so there's no reason to thank them for that. But then they did get Rob Gronkowski again. The Patriots didn't really have a lot of choice there, but also... James, I don't know if you know this, Scott. I, I would believe more that you know this already. Uh, the New England Patriots essentially gave the Buccaneers Carlton Davis and Jordan Whitehead as well, because in that draft, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Pats uh, orchestrated a deal where the, the Buccaneers got picks number 63 and 117, which turned into Davis and Whitehead. The Patriots got pick 56, which turned into Duke Dawson. And as far as I can tell, never played a snap for the Patriots, but has played some snaps for the Broncos. So, I mean, the Patriots have contributed to the Super Bowl winning team in more ways than just Brady and Gronk. Well, and I have to admit, you reminded me. I, I would not have remembered until you reminded me that that trade was with the Patriots. It was after the Buccaneers had already traded to pick up second round picks, and then they traded down again before picking Carlton Davis. I think for that reason, Bucks fans right. should celebrate Thanksgiving with the New England Patriots, who have contributed at least four members like of it. that Super Bowl winning team. I like it a lot. Why would you not want that, James? Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I don't want to have to work on it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a selfish reason. That's it is. Enough, it's very selfish, but it is my favorite holiday, and I want to sit there and eat turkey and not have to work. I mean, you realize, David, how hard it's going to be for us to stay up and watch that game after gorging on turkey all day? <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> well, right. the Bucks have only been on Thanksgiving once, and it oh, didn't go that great. So yeah, I remember that game. I'd like that another was... shot at New it. England in November, I mean... Come on. Oh, Come that on. sounds awful. It's going to be eight inches of snow already. Oh. <laughs> He's really against this. Yeah. You know what? Scott and I will go and have fun. You can you can enjoy it from the television. There you go. All right. Well, with that, Scott, really appreciate you jumping on. What do you guys have on tap over there at Buccaneers.com? Well, this, as, you, as we've been talking about, the schedule release is dropping on Wednesday. We'll have a lot to go with that, including nowadays it's obviously a tradition to do something – funny or elaborate or interesting uh some kind of theme to to announce your schedule on social media I, i've seen what they're doing i think it's i think it's really funny so i think you guys are gonna like it um and we'll have all kinds of schedule release related format or, or um material after that for the rest of the week and probably well into next week you know as we kind of debate different issues like what's the toughest stretch in the schedule and who, which game are we most looking forward to and things like that. And why was the NFL mean and sent us on the road for a month straight again? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think they'll be kind to us this time. It'll be interesting to see if we get the max. I would think we would of five, um, primetime games i would I'd, I'd be surprised if we didn't well scott thank you so much for coming on really appreciate some of your time it's always great having you on hopefully it won't be so long in between your appearances uh when we have you on again sounds good to me i really appreciate it. every time you guys give me the invite very much so 
All right. And of course, you can check out everything Scott's doing over at Buccaneers.com and follow him on Twitter at Scott S. Bucks. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We sent out a tweet. David sent out a tweet asking who you want to see the Buccaneers kick the season off against. Let us know by giving us a call at 813-444-5841, or you can send us an email or a voice memo to the locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com account also coming up tomorrow it's a would you rather wednesday send us your would you rathers i'm actually gonna be on a would you rather wednesday episode and not have to play catch up on thursday because there's no hockey for at least a little while thank goodness i get a little bit of a break so send us your would you rather questions to the same phone number and the same email address and of course before we let you go we have to tell you that you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy wash your hands and be good to one another and we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks